Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Yesterday, we talked to an expert on all things legal, Adam White, about the choice of Judge Gorsuch for the Supreme Court. Now we're going to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, talk- <laughs> I'm just sitting here laughing and looking at the ceiling right now, guys, knowing that it's coming. With our deputy online editor, Chris Deaton. Uh, no, but you have a great piece. Seriously, Democrats have a tough case to make against Gorsuch. And I wanted to ask you about the politics. We've seen the resume. Mm-hmm. We've seen the comparisons to Scalia. Obviously, the guy's super smart. Set politics aside, he'd mm-hmm. be a slam dunk. 99 votes. Sure. What are the politics on the ground with this nominee? Well, I would tell you, but I forgot them because I'm an idiot. No. <laughs> uh, so the so the politics are kind of fascinating with, with this and many um, judicial nominees because it's it's still one of the few areas historically, even in this century, where politics have kind of taken a back seat uh, on occasion. And that was certainly the case with Gorsuch uh, 10 years ago when he was appointed to an appellate court um, in what is called an en bloc vote in the Senate, along with a batch of other judicial nominees. Um, and a designee will come to the Senate floor and say, hey, you know, any objection to this? Nobody objects. And there you go. You have your um, unanimous consent from the entire chamber to send Gorsuch through. And interestingly, um, who was in the Senate chamber in 2006? Chuck Schumer, Barack Obama, um, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. So he uh, was fine with them 10 right. years ago. Today, evil incarnate. Right, right. Which is generally how these things go. <laughs> exactly. Naturally, and and commensurate with, with the way that the stakes have been raised mm-hmm. um, as well. Stakes as high, as De La Soul would say. When the politics um, externally become... Uh, much more radioactive, especially in an environment like this where we have to remember Democrats are still looking for retribution with what happened to Merrick Garland last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they're two completely different situations. That was the election year stuff. This is a brand new administration. So as I, I noted, um, the the battleground has changed uh, on which Democrats plan to fight this fight. Um, and I think a lot of them know that. Chris Coons is one of them that knows that. Uh, Joe Manchin, who frequently sides with Republicans on a lot of uh, controversial things when you might need a Democrat to jump over to the Republican side and save face said, I'm not going to filibuster this. So we have to look out for that stuff. But can Democrats decline to filibuster with all the pressure they're getting from the grassroots? We've had two weekends since Donald Trump has been president, Mm -hmm. just two. And we've had two weekends of massive in the streets protests. I saw you mentioned Senator Coons. He simply suggested that he was not going to filibuster. He was exactly. allowed to go through and immediately was attacked. How dare you let it go through and started backtracking even on that modest accommodation. Right. So there so there are uh, different levels of this because you have the mansions and then Heidi Heitkamp, the North Dakota senator, um, is another one who said that um, Gorsuch should receive a, a straight up or down vote before the Senate. But then you have this tier below of people like Coons. Um, John Tester from Montana is another one who said, look, we don't want to give Gorsuch the Eric Garland treatment. We want to give him a full committee hearing and a vote in committee to send him to the floor. But the filibuster is another matter entirely. So we have to wait to see how mm-hmm. um, that potentially moderate opposition that could end up being against a filibuster and just sending Gorsuch through to the high court evolves um, over time. But that's definitely one of the things that we have to kind of draw a little bit of a differentiation there. But to your point about um, you know the politics in the streets and everything and how that's all playing out, it's a good thing that Gorsuch seems like a good guy. Mm. Uh, I saw a lot of people note how Gorsuch, uh, you know, 
personally provided such a stark contrast to President Trump's own personality, um, using the word humility. You know, Donald mm-hmm. Trump doesn't really go in front of the uh, the microphone and you know say all of these you know uh, self-effacing things right. that kind of Gorsuch was pulling the other day. You also so point out that Gorsuch has Democratic friends, including right. a former Democratic U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ken Salazar. And it's, you know, to, to be clear, it's kind of customary for um, home state allies to go out and give speeches on the Senate floor in support of nominees that happen to hail from that their backyard. Right. I mean, it's kind of a, a nonpartisan tradition in the Senate. But this is still a pretty high court that Gorsuch got elevated to. And he's a textualist. And as I note, that's a judicial philosophy that's commonly associated with this unbending political conservatism. And Ken Salazar, who went on to become Obama's uh, interior secretary, was firmly in the mainstream of the liberal wing of the Democratic Party. And for him to go out in the Senate floor and say, look, this guy has excellent temperament. He has all of the qualifications. He checks the boxes. He has an independent mind. How refreshing is it, Salazar said, that this is one of those guys that both sides of the aisle can agree upon. So it just makes it tough for the Democrats to make their case. So let me put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Using all of your abilities as the deputy online editor. Oh, man. Will Democrats filibuster Judge Gorsuch? I don't think so. You don't um, think so? I think there are enough red state uh, Democrats who have political concerns um, that they will be willing to bend. And I'm trying to read the tea leaves in some of the statements that came out from Democratic leadership on Tuesday night. Schumer, obviously. Um you know, he set a test and said, I'm not sure that if Gorsuch is going to be able to meet this test, but he never firmly said it's it's time to go out and fight, as he's said often this year, quote, tooth and nail against this guy. And I think it's because they know this is going to be a really tough guy to oppose. Donald Trump presumably still has, you know, multiple years in his term left here uh, until we get to 2020. There might be more nominees uh, coming down the pike. And you really don't want to test Republican leadership to pull out that nuclear option now, because if you if you do and that becomes the new policy, then maybe Trump pushes somebody who is even more textualist, even more originalist, somebody that Democrats would want to really oppose next time and say, oh, my gosh, we really can't have this guy. This guy is truly unacceptable. Well, you already blew your political capital on the first guy, so they might have to save their ammo. Chris Deaton, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you.